You're listening to StudiaCast, a podcast created because a few dedicated Studia shippers decided that canon just isn't enough. In order to quench our extreme thirst, we review and discuss the hidden gems of Studia fanfiction. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material while supporting talented authors. This is StudiaCast. Hey everybody, welcome to episode... Nine of City of Cast. This week we are talking about Please Don't Let This Turn Into Something It's Not by Saucy Once More. <laughs> um, this fic is the sequel to Let's Waste Time Chasing Cars. So if you haven't read that one, then you probably shouldn't have read this one. You've horribly spoiled yourself. Um, but if you want to listen to a podcast about that one, go two episodes back and we talked about this. It is the same group as last time. So my name is Rachel. I'm Ron Gasm on Tumblr. My name is Claire. I'm Budgie the Whale on Tumblr. I'm Maggie and I'm Red String Banshee on Tumblr. And I'm Rosemary and I'm Row Your Boat on Tumblr. And we are gonna get ready to get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the good way. No, this fic was <laughs> fucked up in all the wrong ways. Okay, but there, there are some delightful parts too. Oh, yeah. That's true. It's not all sad. So should we start off with the with the good and then just slow, slowly descend into complete madness? <laughs> all right. So who wants to talk first about their favorite non madness part of this pick? Anytime the sheriff is mentioned, or except you know the big sad part with the sheriff. Uh, anytime he's mentioned, that's not that part. It's just pure comedic gold. It's just, I mean, the, the whole conversation that he and Styles have on the phone about who his mysterious lady friend is, which, I mean, of course I knew who it was way at the beginning, because who else could it be? Right. Uh, but that entire conversation was just beautiful. And the fact that Lydia played along with it, I really loved Lydia and the sheriff's relationship during this. Yeah, they were cute as fuck. I love that scene. Um, I totally love Lydia's relationship with the sheriff in this fic, and I love the way she, like, plays along with that as well, but I think that one of my favorite parts of this whole fic was just, in general, the phone conversations. Like, they were really funny. I remember the first time I read this, and um, the do you want to build a Sandman part happened, and I, like laughed hysterically and made my roommate go, Rachel, what the what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm just like, ah! And I read it out loud to her and she actually cracked up. So that's how you know it's good. Or when they're like, uh, don't ruin my dream of insert, like, superhero of the day <laughs> on Skiles. Skiles. The Skiles in this fic is so good. So good. We always talk about how Scott gets left out, but once again, in, in this fic, Scott is very much featured, and he's, like, a big part of Styles' character. Absolutely. And a big part of their relationship in this fic as well. Like, he, Scott, is present in the moments when it's so good and also present in the moments when it's so bad. Um, one of my favorite things about this fic is just, like, the intimate domesticity of it all. I <laughs> I knew Rachel was going to make a face. Rachel is, like, gasping right now, of course, because, like, domesticity is her thing, so maybe I stole that from her. But um, there are so many moments, like, early on in this fic where they're just, like, two young couples that, you know, two couple like, what am I saying? <laughs> two young people that are living together and just 
finding out like what works and what doesn't and styles like leaves his dirty socks on the um coffee table and Lydia like always constantly floods the bathtub like when she's on the phone and she's distracted and I just like I love that it's not like all rainbows and sunshine like they're bigger they're a couple they're real and they're like finding out all of each other's quirks together like oh it was just one of my favorite things like when they go, <laughs> when Lydia says they're going to a bar, but really they go cushion shopping. Yeah. And then she ends up really liking the cushions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, that made me so happy. Um, and can we talk about their bets, please, and how one of them ended up with him in a bunny costume? Because that was just beautiful. Um, Oh my, I, although I would have liked to read about the Eric and Ariel costume situation, but the bunny one was pretty excellent. I think they save Eric and Ariel for their sexy times. There, I said it. Sexy times. <laughs> okay, and the barrier has been broken. The ceremonial first mention of sexy times has been brought up by Claire. Now we can all talk about it. <laughs> well, that cherry was popped. <laughs> <laughs> and it took, what, like five minutes? <laughs> Um, yeah, I totally loved the fact that she was, like, slightly turned on by her lawyer boyfriend in a pink bunny outfit. She's like, I don't know why this is doing it for me, but it is. Want to tap that. Yeah. The smut and stick is beautiful. Like, it is. Oh, it's lovely. So good. I love, like, the first night when they have sex and, like, oh, it's so good, you guys. Like, just reading it just brings a tear to my eye, my smut-loving eye. Oh, was that when he's spelling his name? Or is that a different one? No, that's when he's spelling his name. Yes. <laughs> what a twerp. I distinctly remember that one. That was good. And uh, Rosemary, what's your favorite line from that part? You should know by now that I'm always down for going down. Yes. Oh, let's see. Yes. I think that everybody, like, who has ever written or read fanfic about Styles Falinski has, like, headcanons that he is obsessed with going down on people, whether they are a guy or a girl. So, of course he is. I love how we all came to that same conclusion. The whole like, fandom. Uh, it's so real, though. He's, I mean, anyways, let's it's not... his mouth, and, like, he has an oral fixation. He devours pens. Of course he likes Cheekbones are just, like, ridiculous. I anyway, <laughs> I have a problem with this. <laughs> Anyways, the logical we conclusion. All had, like a little moment. <laughs> Sorry for that one. We just like. Um, I'm not mad. No one's mad. No, I could have stayed in that moment all night, but. <laughs> I was thinking that we could talk about our favorite moments in the fic with other characters who aren't Styles and Lydia, because I'm sure we're going to be moaning about Styles and Lydia this whole time because we're in so much pain. So I wanted to um, talk about side characters briefly before we got lost in Stydia. Can I talk about Isaac? Yeah. Yeah. Because I love, love, loved how built up the relationship was between Isaac and Lydia and how very calmly supportive it was. I mean, they have this routine that they don't want to admit they have this routine that they have these coffee talks and chats every week with each other but they don't want to admit that they're really as good of friends as they are and when the shit hits the fan they're there for each other and it's beautiful and it made me happy and yay Isaac I miss you Isaac come back 
the fact that, like, she confesses things to Isaac that she didn't tell Allison, like, to me is a really big deal. And I totally understand why she would do that. I know Maggie doesn't because you're making a face. But I understand. It's because Allison's in this, like, Disney princess relationship with Scott. And she would absolutely, like, do that head to the side, sympathetic nod, like, oh, Lydia. And then in her eyes, there would be this little, didn't I say, didn't I tell you this wasn't going to work? Whereas Isaac would just be like, this is shit. This sucks. Sorry. Sorry, babe. And Lydia would be like, this is what I need. Well, and I think this version of Isaac, because there's that unrequited love thing going on there with Isaac and Allison, I think he's just a perfect person for her to talk to with her issues with styles with this. It just, it made sense to me. And he's still her dragon. Which is a great callback to the first one, which I loved, loved, loved. Um, I'm super into the uh, Lydia Malia moments that are in this. Probably my favorite would be when um, Malia's kind of like, I don't know what to do with my life. And she asked Lydia to help her because, and I quote, Lydia has known what she wanted to do, to do since she was in her mom's uterus. So she's probably a good person to consult for how to live your life. Um, but she's just so, I don't know. I, I always love the idea of the Malia-Lydia relationship because I think people are like, oh no, they would hate each other. But they would be like, the bomb diggity friends like they would be such good friends and i love it especially malia's interactions with styles are great in this fic um because i forgot when they were interacting that they had slept together a ton i was (laughs) like oh these are two people who never got together because styles and lydia were just born and then they were together then i was like no (laughs) hang on he totally fucked malia (laughs) he didn't just fuck her he dated her in this, in like, in the last fic, right? We can like agree to dating. we can agree to disagree about <laughs> the level of dating. Okay, we can agree to disagree on that, and then I'll agree to disagree on the whole Lydia Allison thing. So we're good. We're square. Okay. <laughs> One of my favorite dynamics, uh, and we touched upon this previously, but was Lydia and the sheriff. It just killed me, like how close they were in this fic, um, and like kind of jumping towards the end when things are not okay with her relationship with Styles, um, the sheriff notices right away and kind of, like, takes her aside and is like, it's going to be okay, kiddo. And just, like, gives her this comfort even though it's not okay and things aren't (laughs) okay. Um, But he's, like, willing to, like, give her this love and support, like, as she's going through this moment and as his son is going through the same thing um but he just like pumps her full of love and I'm, i love the sheriff and i think us as a fandom like love the dynamic between lydia and the sheriff and we would love to see more of that in canon we so, are gonna this season yeah they have a very special relationship i think like um, mrs robinson just kidding. Ew. I'm yeah. sorry. Well, the, the, the fic made that joke. I was calling back to the joke. Well, who could shoot Mr. Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great joke. I laughed. And I have an ear. Yeah, that was good. Why was it okay in that context when I made it? Oh, no, Rachel. I don't know. Just I guess your delivery was off. I don't know. Sips tea. All right. All right. The claws are out tonight. That's fine. That's fine. Before I forget, I just need to 
call out to this one part of the thing, and I don't even remember where it was, but Lydia's talking about, like, bad ideas or whatever, and she's imagine Styles coming home with a lion but calling it a dog and like he would actually do that I have to find where that was because it was great oh, and then it ate all of them cause you know whatever um I want to talk about the random moment where like Isaac and Styles run around naked with feather boas <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's for less. I was Can like, I just say how normal that seemed to me that I almost forgot that was this fix for a second? <laughs> That's totally <laughs> happened in canon. <laughs> Pretty casual, yeah. It's fine. And Lydia's like, I can't tell anyone about this because they'll think we are crazy and they probably partly wouldn't believe me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, just this string of quotes like, Burlesque, Lydia. It's burlesque. Stop calling it burlesque styles. You're not my keeper, lady. Lydia, take him back to New York. Just that banter was excellent. Yeah, totally. Um, I love the way she writes, the way Saucy writes their interactions. They're very quick. It feels like Gilmore Girls a lot. I think I've said that before about this fic, actually. Um, but it still does feel like Gilmore Girls to me. It's very fast. Um, and really just interesting and just intelligent, and it does feel like two really smart people talking to each other, which is just fun to read. Like, as a reader, especially because this was written during the 5A, 5B era, we were really thirsty for this, um, and we still are, and it's really exciting to see that in a fic. Well, it's just very snappy, and it seems very intentional. Did the football, football cry? Lover, did your dad cry? More than just being a Rudy. Like, it was just, it was so fast and very intentional. Like, it, you got so much from the characters by not having the narration say anything about them and just having their words speak for them. And it's also very true to canon. I mean, yeah. they talk like that. I mean, let's all remember the yay dead baby day conversation. That was pretty good. <laughs> so fast. I love that. It just, like, moves very quickly. And it moves along in the thick, and it moves along in canon, too. But, you know, writing that banter, it isn't easy to just have that come so speedily. I think that Saucy does an excellent job. The writing on this is just so on point stylistically as well. With uh, Well, you, by now, everyone knows I'm a sucker for repetition. Um, and there is a lot of that throughout the thick. And then the, like, negative parentheticals. And then um, the way she brings back in the... A uh, certain probable kind of set from the first fic, which is how that entire fic is framed. Um, just really kind of gorgeous style of writing. It almost makes it look, it makes it seem like there's more contrast because there's all the snappy dialogue, and then when there's kind of a pause or kind of a long thought afterwards, it almost draws more attention to it. Like when they're texting after he needs some time to himself, and he says, "I need time by myself." And you see the timestamp, and it's been a little bit, and he kind of thinks as an afterthought, I love you. And he says that just because there's that, that break there. It almost draws more attention to the pauses like that. That was so cute. I was like, send her an eggplant emoji. Well, damn it, send one. I like, there were so that. many things that I ever thought would break my heart. They broke my heart about this fic. Like, the eggplant emoji, that's going to make me sad from now on. Um, <laughs> the sentence, Scott has a personalized ringtone. Who knew that would make me sad? Yes. <sighs> yeah, we're all like dying right now. I guess we're going to talk about the sad things now. Yeah, yeah I think we're there. Shit. <laughs> but I mean, it's, 
Oh, God. The way she described their fights, like, the way she described the way that they learned how to fight with each other, and the... I really liked how earlier in the fic she had all these ways that they had learned to cope with fighting and learned to solve the problem, and then in the end... They didn't use any of them. Like, none of them happened. None of them worked. They didn't fuck. They didn't go on walks. They didn't sleep in different places or on opposite sides of the bed. They just stopped being able to exist together in the way that they used to exist together. It just well, stopped think, being enough. I think it's so often when writers in any fandom or in any kind of fiction write fights like that, it's this big explosive thing that it's really hard to recover from. And I think this was an entirely realistic way of looking at how people try to cope and try to come up with ways to cope and it doesn't always work. Yeah. Now we're all sad. Lydia looking at those babies. I was just going to say that. Thinking about the fact that like if she, if the sheriff died, he would never get to see Styles' baby and if that baby was hers, she would never get to see hers and Styles' baby. And then like I... Remember the first time I read this, I really thought, okay, Lydia's in this moment, like, almost not committing to having a future with Styles, but she's thinking about it so actively and with herself as such an active participant that when he proposes, you don't necessarily at first think it's going to completely fall to shit because she's thought about this. She's thought about him being her future. And then when all the shit goes down, it, it isn't enough, like, her thoughts about what she would do if she got to be with him for the rest of her life just aren't enough. She doesn't want this in the end. Well, and I think part of that is she's looking ahead for everything. She's looking at this baby. She's like, oh, we can make something new together, some kind of new life, or we complete each other in this really interesting way. And the way he proposes, he's looking back and not forward. Mm. I'm fist Ugh. pumping for you. That's so true. It throws her, it does. And, and throws her not in a, oh, I'm Lydia Martin and I'm shocked and this is, but it, it's not what she wanted. Yeah. It's not what she expected. Yeah, you don't accept the proposal when a guy basically says, you know, I want to marry you because I'm scared of losing you. Like, no, it should probably be because, like, you, you love her. Should be the main reason, probably. And yeah. want to be together. But it just, and that is, he does obviously feel that way. He just needed to work on the on the proposal bit a little bit more. Well, also, the fact like, is that he fact. said that he'd only been thinking about it for a week. Yeah, that was also probably shouldn't have, he maybe just shouldn't have brought that up. Just not mention that part. And you know, he like disappeared on her for a couple days with like no word at all. Not even an eggplant emoji. <laughs> That's concerning. Not really the mature husbandly thing to do, Styles. No. He did not plan this one well slash at all. So. No. Also, can we talk about how her first reaction to the whole scene is just like, there's too many candles here. This is a fire hazard. Like, also, okay, focus on Styles. It's holding a box and he's on one knee, but still, there's just too many candles. Well, I think her thought was immediately like, oh my god, it's Chandler's proposal, the Chandler Mocker proposal from Friends, which is where my head went. Same. I was, but that ended much better than this one did. I know it did. Uh, and I was picturing Scott. I think that later it's mentioned that Scott said it was a bad idea, or it's like very, it's heavily implied that Scott said, don't do this to Styles, and he did it anyways. 
And that just breaks my heart, the idea of Scott going around with styles and lighting all those candles and feeling like he's at a freaking funeral because he can see that this isn't going to end well for his best friend, like, the person who he cares about in the world more than anybody except maybe his mom. Like, this is Styles, and he's watching Styles destroy something that Styles cares about so, so deeply. He knows it's not going to end well, but he also knows that there's no talking Styles down from this. Mm. So, like, he's helping him and assisting him because he loves his friend. Like, it's just out of pure love, and, you know, I know this is not the right thing to do, but it's what you need so desperately at this moment, even though it won't manifest into something fruitful like but I'm going to help you through it anyway because you want that of me and he's just such a good friend oh I love you Scott McCall like he's a good friend from the beginning when he helps them move the mattress oh my god the mattress so funny that wasn't something that I knew I needed until it happened yeah and then it's complete now Then the parallel with the coffee table at the end. Yes. How it's the same story and Styles tried to convince her to leave it in the lobby. And now it's like all he has left of like what they had together and he just stares at it and puts the sticky note on it and is like, fuck this. This is falling to shit. This is bullshit, man. This is total freaking bullshit. And I'm sitting there in the corner like, time out, time out, please. <laughs> I'm kind of um, regressing, but I really just wanted to mention, like, how beautifully done that whole scene when Siles gets the call in the middle of the night about his father um, and, like, the journey to the hospital, like, how beautifully that was written. And tragically, like, it just Styles is like, mannerisms, and then, like, Lydia has to stop so he can, like, throw up on the side of the road because he's so anxious about it. Like, uh-huh. it was so compelling and, like, uh, just, like, broke me, like, a thousand times over and, like, just beautiful like it was beautifully written I just wanted to put that out there because I thought it definitely deserves some kudos like just for that scene yeah that scene was just in particular and her um especially at the hospital too making that decision to be supportive without being outwardly emotional because that's what he needed right now and that's what he does for her don't don't do that Rachel don't be sad um can we talk about the the bar scene and <laughs> Lydia drinking tequila because it does lower cholesterol. So it's good for you. Um, and then Style is coming to pick her up. And then when he's driving her home and then she remembers their very first scenes from the other fic about him not turning the radio on because he didn't want to wake her up. And I'm going to cry now. The thing that bothered me is that his they're so dissonant with each other, but his hand is still, like, rubbing circles on her hip. Like, she's still the thing that he's most comfortable with and most used to, despite the fact that they are falling to, falling apart. He's still so lazy and easy with her. It's just simple. Like, Lydia's always been simple for him, even when she isn't simple, which applies to canon Stidia as well. You know, no matter how complicated Styles makes Stidia currently in current canon, she is... She's always been the, like, simplest thing. When it boils down to it, Stiles Stalinsky loves Lydia Martin, and he has for a really long time now. And I think the spic in general is just the exemplar of, like, two people that are desperately and, like, completely in love and still having that love not be enough. And, like, it just doesn't work. Like, they're still, like, so invested and so in love, but it's still not working, like... And love isn't enough to save it at this moment in time. 
At this and moment I'm in time. Off the bridge now, so. It's going to be a word. I, I refuse to believe that in this part three that is coming, which better come, that they won't. I, I can't. I can't. I refuse it, to believe that it ends this way. It has it's to end. I think well. they're going to end up together. And then we have to do another, a a trequel, threequel, threequel? We're done. Uh, yes. Ashley, um, saw her emotional well-being. Yeah. She just made a note, like, on June 22nd that said, like, this isn't the end. Which makes me so hopeful because as soon, the first time I ever read this fic, like, as soon as, as I was finished, I, like, hunted her down on Tumblr and I was like, this ruined my life it ruined my relationship it ruined like everything i thought i knew about the world like you need to write a part three and she like promised me and i was like time is ticking i'm still in a downward spiral like you have not saved me yet like let's get this going and here's the thing is that we know there needs to be a part three because obviously they need to come from this and be stronger and that it was definitely like a lesson they had to learn from each other like they had to break up it's what logically had to happen and it made sense to me that doesn't mean i wanted to end there no, and it won't. I don't know. I I agree that they had to break up with the way they were going, but, like, I feel like the whole thing could have been salvaged if they just used their words. That, too, but since they didn't, this is the only logical way it could have ended. Why doesn't... Why don't they ever use the their words? At the same time, they still... Lydia says... Or, I don't know who says it in particular... I think Lydia thinks it that talking is has always been their downfall. So it has. Like, which is kind of like a major factor in a relationship communication, yeah. but who also, might have so done? you know, eggplant emoji and fruit bowls. Right. She says that it's because every time they talk about something that's really important, they always surprise each other with what they're saying. So yeah. at some point, they get really nervous about like having those big conversations because they don't want to be surprised. They want to be equally as comfortable with each other during the awkward moments as they are during all the good moments. But they can't have that all the time because they're growing changing organisms who are always going to be a little bit unpredictable and shift and move it's not just living together how they interact with each other that they speak more to each other and how they act than they ever could through words but it's that actual verbal confirmation of if i say it then it's out there and i can't take it back can we Uh-oh. talk about that scene like at yeah. the Slinky household where <laughs> they're basically two broken people like having their last night together and wow was that so well written it was just it was incredibly, like, lustful and, like, beautiful, but at the same time, it was so dark, and you just knew, like, it was, like I said, two broken people that were having their last moment, and they both knew in that moment this is the last time, and they were, like, putting everything into it, like, without words, and... And I think they knew it had to be that moment before it was that moment. It was like they were leading up to, it, like, we had just to get through that, and then it's over. Like, they knew, and even, like, the morning after, like, when he, like, tells her, like, when they're getting ready and he comes in and sees her and he's like, oh, he looks so beautiful. And, like, they both knew it was the end, but, like, they still, like, had these, like, small little moments that they could give each other before it was finally over. And, wow, like, I'm so fucked up right now. <laughs> For me, the night and day difference there, literally, <laughs> was very jarring. It was really difficult yeah. to read her, you know, walking into that room after the night they had together and... 
see, like, the face that Styles was putting on and understand how much it hurt for him to say that, even though it was true and how fake it was, but also how real it was simultaneously. And, I mean, the same can be said for that sex scene, which... So, I'm always a sucker for showing the emotional relationship through physicality and showing it through sex. I think that the importance of a character's relationship with sex is often underestimated, um, but this author, throughout these two fics, has done this incredible job with, you know, not just writing really hot smut scenes. We've got, you know, hey, what movies do make you cry? Um, (laughs) Not only are the scenes incredibly cute and hot, they're also, they all serve a very important purpose in the fic. They're all establishing something. They're all growing the characters and showing the characters in a light that is really important to see. And um, I think that this sex scene is actually my favorite out of all of them. Even though I freaking love that closet scene. I love the emotions in this. I love the way they're using each other's bodies to cling onto this thing that they once had that was the most important thing in their lives. And now they have to pretend that it isn't the most important thing in their lives anymore. But, you know, they're still doing this and they're saying goodbye and they're giving each other that like, intense, desperate vulnerability just one last time because letting go of this person who you've been with for that long, it's such a big deal and it's going to change their lives and they both know it and that's why they're so reluctant to stop dragging their feet and finally say what Styles says, which is, we're so broken. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) That... How you doing, Maggie? I'm honestly, like, seriously fucked <laughs> up. We lost her. I'm fine. It's all good, you guys. <laughs> Wait, I, how about it? Uh, fun moment. I just want to do a shout-out to the Lydia Isaac conversation at the wedding. When yes. What else do you want to talk? <laughs> I heard your house in hell recently got redecorated. How about there? Yes. And he goes, well, yeah, there wasn't enough room for your throne. So I just wanted to drop that in. Cause it was so that was brilliant. It was a brilliant exchange. <laughs> I love Lysic. I spent the whole day writing Lysic fanfiction, so now I'm, like, on board. You? You did? Well, for Rachel. Ah, uh, right. Um, but it's, like, now I'm at, like, 4K of Lysic, and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Where did this come from? Where did, why are they having sex right now? Go have sex with Styles. <laughs> yeah, I just right. wanted to, like, uh, mention that in the author's note of this fic, uh... Ashley wrote that she this fic is completely unbated and barely un, like barely edited. Damn. And like, <laughs> like honestly, fuck you because that's amazing. Like I she wish is. I could do that. It just it flows so unbelievably well for having no beta. I mean, I usually don't use beta, um, but it's I don't either. Com- but. It comes across as disjointed when I do, and it, it's just there's so many different moving parts to this, and they all work together so well. So just knowing that all that was so very purposeful and came together the way it did and knowing that it was unbated, wow, that's impressive. You can tell how much intensity was put into this. Like, I can, I read it and I can feel the way the emotions kind of swept her up while she was writing um, 
And that's amazing. As a reader to experience, just, I mean, as a writer, I love experiencing it, but to be a reader and not be the person who's throwing yourself into this and still understand everything that swept you up in the intensity of that, that is some damn good writing to get me there as a reader. And just, like, their relationship is so in-depth and beautifully constructed, and I think it really... Like, I think the author needs just, like, so much credit for, like, really being so introspective and really examining, like, two people who are in love and something comes, like, something happens and they can't make it work. And it's just so, like, well thought out and, like, phenomenal that somebody could just, like, really look at that and study it and then produce something beautiful from that. I don't know. It's just, like, so introspective to me. But, yeah, kudos to her. Do you guys have any predictions about how this is going to get fixed? Mm, they're going to, I think they're going to find each other later on in life again. and Like reconnect. years later? I would say, yeah, like, a couple, I think it would be a couple years. Like, I don't think they're going to be, like, middle-aged or anything by no such the imagination. But I would say, like, five years, maybe less. Five years later, and he texts her an eggplant emoji, and they rekindle. I was literally going to say that. I was like, earlier today, I was going to make that joke, and then I was like, nah, that's insensitive. He's not going to text her an eggplant emoji, and that's how they start talking again. No, but he totally would, and you know that. He'd be like, oh, hey, remember that time? Let's talk again. Remember that time I walked out on you for five days, (laughs) and then came back and proposed to you? That was so fun. LOL, OMG. So how- the entire effect like that. That's that's no. Uh, I don't have a prediction. I guess. I guess I have a, a hope, which is they'll take some time to themselves. And that, I don't necessarily mean like single by themselves. But the time that they have, they learn more about themselves, singular as individual people, and how they work without the other person. I think they kind of need that. I think this version of these characters, they they need to know how they operate away from each other. So eventually, they'll see how well they work together. I think they need that. They're so young, and they just kind of jumped into living together, and they, yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. I couldn't believe how young they were when I, like, realized that they were 20. I was like... I was like, what? Actually, technically, with the character ages, they're 19 when they're living together. Um, Well, shit. Yeah, because they don't... Silas' birthday's in April, Lydia's birthday's in March, so she'll be turning 20, and he'll be turning 20 in like, the middle, like, in the second half of their sophomore year of college. So, in this fic, they're 19 the entire time. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's too young to get married, Styles. God damn it, Styles. God, okay. City of Shotgun Wedding. Imagine if she'd actually been pregnant at the end, though. I would have lost it. Like, I, I really almost thought I was gonna go there. Yeah. And I was scared. That's terrifying. And how about the line, Lydia's never failed a test before? (laughs) Okay, so any last thoughts about this fic before we wrap it up, guys? We love it. Yes, beautiful. So well done. Read it if you feel like having your world destroyed. The author's got this great tag, which is fair warning that this could be heartbreaking, but remember the series isn't completed yet. Hold on to that thought. (laughs) It's been so long. Well, we're studio shippers, so we're good at holding on to hope, I would say. I will wait another five years, and if it's not completed by then, (laughs) then I'm leaving. (laughs) Um, So next week, unfortunately for everyone involved, (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Next week, we're doing um, Move Like You're Stolen by me. Unfortunately. So if you feel like reading it for the first time or possibly the second time, if you're that kind of person who wants to read 32K of crap twice, um, then you can find that on my blog and my master post. And um, the podcast next week will not really feature me. So bye. I'll miss you. Um, and I will see y'all on the other side of the war. My name's Rachel. I'm Ron Gasm on Tumblr. I'm Claire. I'm Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr. I'm Maggie. I'm Red String Banshee on Tumblr. And I'm Rosemary, and I row your boat on Tumblr. And don't forget that Holland Roden said awesome things about Stidia at HowlerCon! And, and I touched her waist. What? And I touched her waist. Oh, I too touched Holland Roden's waist and made her hold a Stidia cast sign because I'm that much of an asshole. Hey, I appreciated it. You're welcome. Oh, I don't, even, I don't know why I said you're welcome. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goodbye! <laughs> Make good choices! Don't do drugs! Don't eat yellow snow. At Cast, we review and discuss our favorite Cydia fics. If you enjoy the fic as much as we did, be sure to leave the author some love and encouragement. You can find us on Tumblr at the URL Cast or on Twitter at Cydia underscore cast. A huge thank you to our editor, Rosemary, Row Your Boat on Tumblr, for making this possible. And to you, our listener, for tuning into this episode. See you next time.